Welcome to CUCC's Sermons for Everyone. No matter who you are or where you find yourself on life's journey, we're glad you've tuned in, and we hope you find meaning in this week's sermon. When I saw the scripture for today, the parable of the Good Samaritan, I thought to myself, this parable is so familiar to all of us. And I wondered what about this parable have I not heard? So there was my assignment. Find something different about this story that we haven't heard dissected many times. Maybe find a different message in there. So here's the story for you to hear once more. From the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, verses 25 to 37. A teacher of the law came up and tried to trap Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus answered him, well, what do the scriptures say? How do you interpret them? And the man answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. You're right, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But the teacher of the law wanted to justify himself. So he further asked Jesus, well, who is my neighbor? And Jesus answered, there once was a man who was going down the road from Jerusalem to Jericho when robbers attacked him. They stripped him and beat him up, leaving him half dead. It so happened that a priest was going down that road. But when he saw the man, he walked on by on the other side. In the same way, a Levite also came there. He went over and he looked at the man and then he walked on by on the other side. But a Samaritan who was coming that way came upon the man and when he saw him, his heart was filled with pity. He went over to him and he poured oil and wine on his wounds and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own animal and took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day, he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper. Take care of him, he told the innkeeper, and when I come back this way, I will pay you whatever else you spend on him. And Jesus concluded, in your opinion, which one of these three acted like a neighbor toward the man who was attacked by robbers? The teacher of the law answered, well, the one who was kind to him. And Jesus replied, well, you go then and do the same. Well, I've never heard anybody talk about the teacher of the law. So I did a little researching and here's what I found. These were the men who were professionally trained to develop, teach, and apply the OT law. OT means oral teaching 
In the application of this law, the oral teaching of the people often assumed greater authority than the written law. Remember, the common people, people like us, couldn't read. So by the time of the New Testament, the teachers of the law were in conflict with Jesus and the apostles who taught with authority and they condemned the outward religious acts that the teachers had fostered. Obviously, this teacher of the law, he didn't want to be made a fool of. He was supposed to be the one in charge. So he sought out Jesus to learn a few things. So first we have this authoritative teacher of the law. He's, he's going to make Jesus a fool, not him. Do you know anybody like that? Who has to make sure he's right, whether they are or not? Then, in Jesus' story, we have this foolish traveler who found himself mugged and in the ditch after navigating the road that everyone knew not to travel on. It was a dangerous area. And then the priest that went by first, he went by as fast as he could. He knew that if this guy was dead and he touched him, he would lose his turn of duty in the temple. And if he had touched him, he would be unclean for seven days. So he hardly looked at this guy lying in the ditch. I gotta protect myself. Well, next came the Levite. His motto was safety first. Because sometimes bandits would use this ploy to entice a naive traveler into stopping to help. And then the bandits would come out of hiding and grab his belongings and beat him up. Well, they weren't going to fool him. So he hurried on by too. Then our good Samaritan came by. With the love of God in his heart and the teachings of Jesus front and center, he just couldn't go on. So he cleaned the wounds of the injured man. He took care of him the best he could and then took him, took the man to an inn where he obviously was well known and he had a good rapport with the innkeeper. And he gave the innkeeper a sum of money and promised him, I'll come back to check on him. And if you spend more money than I've given you, I'll pay the difference. Innkeeper had the trust of our Good Samaritan. They must have known each other and had dealings together, successful dealings, many times before. Well, this parable might encourage us to examine our own selves to see which of these traits we might have. The teacher of the law who had to make sure that he knew the law 
and that whatever he was telling people was right. And if it wasn't right, to be able to justify what he was telling them? Well, I was always told to do it this way. It's not my fault. Maybe the foolish traveler who ended up mugged and robbed and thrown in the ditch. Oh, I'll be, I'm sure I'll be okay. Nothing's going to happen to me. I'll do what I want, and I'll be just fine. The priest. Hey, I'm not taking the chance. It might damage my reputation if, if I'm seen consorting with the wrong kind of people. Or the Levite. Safety first. Might be a ploy to rope me in. If I stop, I might be attacked too. And if you've traveled in Europe, you've been warned. If you see a woman standing at the side of the road or the sidewalk with a baby begging, don't stop. It's probably a scam. And then our Good Samaritan. What's in it for him or for her? Are they just dropping good money after bad, as they say? Or are they really, are they really just trying to do what's right? <clears throat> and lastly, our innkeeper. Is his trust that this person will come back to check on this guy and pay the balance of the bill well-founded, or was it foolish? Here's what I think. There have been times when we've found ourselves in each one of these positions. We're not just one personality all the time. At least I'm not. I've done some really stupid things, I'll be the first to admit. Some things that continue to haunt me and probably will continue to do so all my life. I don't know how to rectify some actions. Even though apologies have long since been made and received. Oh, I know. We're all human. We all make mistakes. It still isn't easy, is it? It, <clears throat> it does help to admit them and talk them through with a trusted friend or a counselor. But perhaps only in the deep recesses of my mind and heart, they still remain. Maybe you found it easier than me to accept the forgiveness and let it go. But if you haven't, know that you're not alone. And who hasn't been guilty of wanting to be right? Even though you know you can't always be right, but it doesn't hurt to always try to do the right thing. Who's going to deliberately do the wrong thing? To, to start your day with, today I'll do my best to do something wrong. 
Really? I don't think so. And sometimes you do have to make a choice on what will be good for your career. I'm not sure you should go to the extent the priests went, but really, being kind of devious, will anybody really know what choices you're making? Made in secret? Just a little change that nobody else will know about? Well, should I believe what I'm hearing, what I'm seeing, what they're telling me? Best to take their words at face value. You never know. This particular parable about the Good Samaritan is a most popular phrase that is used by and large. We've all done it. Someone that does a good deed or helps some, help somebody, we all, we all call them a Good Samaritan. I've even heard it on the news a few times lately. Someone that does something, pulls somebody out of the water, rescues somebody from a burning building, from an auto accident, and the newscaster calls them a hero or a good Samaritan. And there, I, there are even good Samaritan laws that all offer legal protection to people who give reasonable assistance to those who are or whom they believe to be injured, ill, in peril, or otherwise incapacitated. The protection is intended to reduce bystanders' hesitation to assist for fear of being sued or prosecuted for unintentional injury or wrongful death. There are many references to this parable in the Bible. One of them comes from Matthew, where Jesus says, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you that you may be sons of your Father in heaven, for he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Do not even the tax collectors do so. Therefore you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. And also in Galatians, where Paul says, For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, you shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. For all the law is fulfilled with, and with so many Bible verses about the Good Samaritan, think on this. We all know 
how important it is to be a good neighbor to others. So how can we be good neighbors to others? Might that be our challenge? There's a good chance we're not gonna come across somebody lying in a ditch, all beat up as we come strolling by. And now it seems like our neighbors aren't just the people that live next door or across the street, but people that live on the other side of the world too. The world has gotten so much smaller than it used to be. And we've all pretty much gotten used to it. So we now have to find ways to be good neighbors to those who live on the other side of town, as well as those who live in countries that we may not have even heard of. And how can we do that? Are the days gone when we could take a pot of soup or a chili next door? No. We can still do that, and it is so appreciated. We just have to get creative and thinking about modern ways to be a good neighbor. A phone call or a text or a card, an email, I'll do that to my friend who lives in England. Every once in a while, I'll get an email from her wondering how we're doing here in the States and telling me how they're doing. And then we have to look for ways that we can be good neighbors, so to speak with refugees and migrants, to people in warring countries, to starving people here in our own neighborhoods, as well as in other parts of the world. And on the other hand, you can't spread yourself too thin but you have to take care of yourself first so that you can help others. Love God, love your neighbor, love yourself. And it's good for us to do service that we don't get recognized for. We all know people who do things behind the scenes who merely get the satisfaction of doing things because they know it's the right thing to do. I believe this is what our Good Samaritan did. He didn't set out that morning with that goal in mind. He was just minding his own business when he came across this person lying in the ditch who needed taken care of. We all need taken care of sometimes, don't we? Perhaps we haven't been mugged or physically abused but abuse of some kind, worries of some kind, worries of health, worries about children. There's all kinds of challenges that we have. A good Samaritan might be somebody that just lends a listening ear. 
or shares that pot of soup or plate of cookies. From Isaiah, fear there not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with my right hand. You are that good Samaritan. You are what somebody needs. Maybe not today, but the time is coming for you to be that good Samaritan, to be God's hands. Or maybe you'll be the one lying in the ditch. Wait for it. Amen.